This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 496, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. I am every person that you've ever ignored. I am the flaming bag of dog shit on your porch. Used to think I was a savior, a part of a cause. Now see, I am nothing, no nothing at all. I am every reason that you scream all these words. I am every chorus, I am every verse. I'll never let you feel good. You always be haunted. I will keep you fighting. It's not what I wanted. It's not what I wanted. It's not what I Well, hello there. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick the Week podcast, episode 496. My name is Ron Richards, and as always, I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Can't shake me, Ron. I wouldn't want to. And Josh Flanagan. I feel like we're neighbors who just stumbled upon you <laughs> weeding. Oh, oh, hello. Hello, hello. Oh, hi. Oh, you want to talk about comics? Sure. I, can I invite you into my yard and we will discuss topics? <laughs> Got some fresh apples in the basket. <laughs> it's, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's so idyllic. It's an idyllic little picture. I, I'm mowing the lawn. City Boy came up with that. I'm impressed. <laughs> City Boy. Anyway, he just we, thinks that everybody in the suburbs has a giant basket of apples. You know? An orchard. At all times. Yeah. Only certain parts of the year. I assume everyone's always got a pie cooling on their <laughs> windowsill. Oh, I just have a lasagna in the oven. <laughs> it's hard because it doesn't sit there well with the bars, <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is what the outer city areas are like now. It's just bar-infested hellscapes. All right. Well, the name of this yard is iFanboy, and we love comics and pie and lasagna. And every week we read our stack of comics, and one of us picks our favorite book and call it the pick of the week. Then we come here and talk about that book, other books, and other stuff. Maybe we'll read your email, talk about fun things like that. Who knows? If you're lucky. If you're lucky. We are going to warn you, though, that we're going to spoil the comic books, like spoil them rotten. Uh, we're like gonna an apple. reckless like, abandon. Yeah, like an apple. Just like an apple that's fallen out of the basket and left in the yard. <laughs> it's uh, the ones that you give to those neighbors you don't like. You want you want an apple? Hold on, let me get you something for my special batch. <laughs> so be warned if you don't want your comic spoiled. Pause. Come back. Listen after you've read them. Um, this week Connor had the pick, and uh, Connor, take it away, sir. This was a good week of comics. I thought I had a not a huge number of to read because it was another fifth week. It was another fifth week, um, but. Uh, I had a really high quality week of comics, and the uh, best one I read was Batgirl Annual Number Three, which was funny because I wasn't even going to read it in the first place. Uh, I just at this point gloss over annuals, but then I uh, saw a preview of it and saw what the premise was, and then I remembered the last time Batgirl did a special issue, it was it was really good, so I picked it up, and it's written by the regular creative team of Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher. And uh, features art by Bengal, who did the last special issue, and David LaFuente, and Ming Doyle, and Ming Ju Helen Chen. And uh, it is this really tour de force art issue. How, how great is Bengal? Fantastic. Ben- Bengal is amazing. Yeah. I don't know why Bengal isn't on a regular book. Uh, I, 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 tiger I, of some kind? I, I, I first came across Bengal back when I was working at Image, maybe, oh, geez, maybe about eight months ago or so. And I'm just like, wow, this guy's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really good, and he does the main story. And this is basically a team-up issue, and it's a one—it's sh- a one-shot sort of self-contained story in which Batgirl's trying to stop this, ter- you know, terroristic group from doing something bad. But that's really a MacGuffin to get her just to team up with a bunch of characters from the DCU. Uh, which, on the cover, you see Grayson, and uh, so she in the first story she runs afoul of Spiral, which is led by Huntress, and Dick Grayson obviously is 
is a member of that group. We'll get to that in a second. The second story, um, she runs into um, uh, shit. Who did she run into? The second story. I'm scrolling super fast. There's a there's a story with the Gotham Academy girls at the, at the end that may, and then there's a Batwoman Batwoman story that Ming Doyle draws, and uh, and then David LaFuente's with spoiler. That's the second story, and uh, it's just a super fun issue. I would totally take any of these artists on Batgirl should uh, the regular artists there want to leave. David LaFuente in particular does a fantastic Batgirl. I don't know why he's not on a regular book. What's happened to all these guys that we used to love five years ago that are not on books anymore? Well, LaFuente, La I mean, he, was, he, he got caught in – This is he was an example of people who sign an exclusive deal and then go away to nowhere and do nothing that you're interested in. Um, and so he just he, – his Marvel deal ended a few months ago or earlier this year, I think. Um, and so now you're starting to see him. You're gonna hopefully we're gonna start to see more work by him emerge as he can work for so other people. They shelved him. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty tragic, actually. Yes, it is. Yeah. We, we we know that's happened to a few guys. Happened to Jamal. Well, no, we yeah. totally do. But like, yeah. he's a guy who. That's that's just sad because he was so good. And yeah, no, I know. Yeah, no, and it's not like it's not like he wasn't doing anything. He was doing some stuff, but he wasn't doing anything. Like he was bouncing around title to title. He you know, and it was just like, oh man, he's so great. Like put him on an ongoing, and he'll just destroy. So, right. um, yeah. So, yeah, so good. So, you know, Marvel squandered, but, and we get the benefit with stories like this and probably other stuff uh, down the road. I know he, him and Kieran announced the book uh, Ludocrats at Image Expo in January, but because of Kieran's schedule, that got pushed to next year. So um, so that will be forthcoming. So, so he's probably just do fill-ins until then. Um, yeah. Yeah. The main story, though, that my favorite part was the, the Dick Grayson team-up because that, you know, for me, they're the first couple of comics. Uh, Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson. So, uh, well, you have to say it that way. No, I, and, I, I understand. And the story is a sort of a Rage or Judge Dredd style where there's a, there's a building and it's full of soldiers and they've got to start at the bottom and get to the top and clear it out. And Dick is staying one step ahead of Huntress and Batgirl because, as I'm sure you all remember, uh, Dick Grayson is dead to the world. Everyone thinks he died in Forever Evil. So he can't let her see him because, A, they have this complicated relationship and, B, uh, it'll break her heart if if she she sees he's still alive and she she hasn't known about it. But he's also worried because while Spiral has technology that allows them to mask their face with any face they choose, she will recognize his body language and fighting style. Uh, and or 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 butt. Well, that's the joke at the end of the story. Is so he so he <laughs> so when they finally come together, he puts on the face of a middle aged German soldier looks kind of like Slade Wilson, and uh, she buys that for a little while. But then at the very end, when they're putting their prisoners into the Spiral helicopter, she. Checks out his butt for a second, and there's a little uh, word balloon thought bubble of his face in her head, and she has a confused look in her head face, but she brushes it off. There's no way this old German guy with the goatee could have the same butt as Dick Grayson. I, I also Can like, I just I say also, dick butt? Dick, dick butt. Dick butt. Dick butt. I, I, I also like the use of Schnell to, to to get across that he was doing a German accent. <laughs> oh, did you read this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you once you once you made it the pick, I went and read it. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, I'm 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 in a sampling mode. You know, like well, it's, it's, I, uh, I think you yeah. from from your perspective, I think you probably really like the art. Yeah, no, I love the art. Yeah, I mean, like, well, yeah, the thing was, once you picked it, I was like, oh, why did he pick an annual? And then, um, <laughs> and you know, because yeah, because annuals are throwaways. You <laughs> it know? Shows you how much disdain we have for each other. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. Once you once you picked it, I went and looked to see why you picked it. And of course, I know all the stuff that's going on with Batgirl and what everybody likes it and all that all that fun stuff. And and I'm actually uh, Brendan Fletcher is is a really good guy, and I think he's a good writer, and he's somebody like who is going to do really good things in comics. Um, uh, I mean, is doing good things in comics, but we'll do he more. Prez, right? He does Prez, right? He no, no, one. he does uh, Black Canary, and he's co-writing. Oh, Batgirl that's maybe that's what I was yeah. But um, 
But yeah, but once I saw it was Bengal and David Lafuente, I was like, oh, sign me up. Yeah. So, yeah. So. And Ming Doyle. I, I really like the look of yeah. the Batwoman story. While it stylistically didn't really fit with the other, it, it still looked really great. Yeah. Well, and, uh, uh, yeah, for, for me, like, I could give two craps about Dick or... or <laughs> Or uh, Spiral or any of this stuff that's going on. Although I hear that's very good, and I'm a big Tim Seeley fan, and 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 I know he worked on that. But um, uh, like so story wise, I don't I don't care. But like art wise, it was just it was a it was a blast to read. It was yeah just, yeah yeah. So and I and I haven't really I dropped off of Gotham Academy because they had a Damian Wayne, and I've got a very hard and fast rule about that now. But you're just, nice. you're just you're just super. You're holding a grudge. I'm holding a super grudge. Yeah. And. Uh, but it was nice to see the checkers again, and I think she, I think this version of Barbara Gordon's really fun character to be around, and I like to see her interact. She doesn't really get to interact all that much in her regular book uh, with other characters. And yeah. It's just starting to happen a little bit, and here she gets to sort of run the whole gamut of Gotham. For, so that was fun for me. And as a Batman fan who doesn't really find a lot of joy in Gotham City <laughs> these days, it was nice to. Uh, I just like I like that as a Batman fan who doesn't find a lot of joy. Period. <laughs> well, <laughs> full you stop. Could say, you could also say that. <laughs> Uh, it was super nice to be in, in this story, and it was a it was a big meaty issue. It was forty pages on the digital book, yeah. uh, uh, of story. Well, and, it's, an, uh, well, it's an annual. That's how it should be, right? And Man, do you just, remember, remember when annuals mattered? Yeah, they were used to be the. That's where you, the events used to happen. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah, um, but uh, this was just really great, and that I read it really early on in the stack, and I thought, well, there's there's no way that's going to get beaten. But a couple of books came super close, but this was. By far my favorite for for many reasons. The art. I mean, once I I, I knew Bengal because he did the last Batgirl. He did that end game tie in with the Joker story, which was really great. But then once I could turn the page and got to La Fuente, I was like, all right, yeah, we're in, we're, we're in for it here. I'm tell I'm telling you, and I, and I don't know what it's gonna be, but Bengal is gonna work on something uh, like really high profile, and it's gonna blow people's minds at some point. You know what I mean? Like he's it's like I feel like he's 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 somebody definitely to keep an eye out for. And when it happens, it's going to be we're going to be like oh, people are going to. You know. Where did this guy come from? Well, exactly, yeah, yeah. Because he's really not. I mean, if you look at what he's been working on, you know, he did an issue of Guardians team up. Yeah. You know, like an issue of you know Teen Titans number ten. You know, like it just nothing really. You know, nothing really. You know, bigger. You know, ongoing. But he's if he if they're smart, they put him on. A you know a a book and have him be the the lead artist and you know, it'll be great. So that shot that op- the opening shot of her uh, swinging past and grabbing the guy from getting hit by the bus is a really, is a really fantastic yeah, yeah. So, opening shot. He's, he's he's really good. He's definitely one to watch. Yes. So Batgirl like, Annual Three. That's the pick. I feel like I'd, I I could pick up a Batgirl book now and I just I have no idea what version of the character it is or because like when you're like you said it's her relationship with with dick over the past like i i don't know what it is anymore i don't know i don't know quite frankly i don't know what it is either but to uh-huh. me it they had they had something and, he, and, and at one point huntress makes a joke to dick that your ex-girlfriend's here and he says she's not my ex-girlfriend but clearly there's something that's gone on and i don't know what it is it's i can too- only go back on what it was before in my brain because yeah i think this is the same problem we talk about all the time especially sure. for men we just don't know the emotional beats to hold on to anymore because they yeah. don't seem to exist yeah. so it's too bad so, but, but what we're doing is making a bit of an argument for continuity well you need, you need to have a past yeah 
Well, uh, the, 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 no, the problem. The, I mean, I, I, well, yes, there's always an argument for continuity, but but not a, not a re, re, reliance on it. But the but the issue is someone like Connor, who's been mired in continuity for <laughs> what thirty years, Connor, twenty years, right? Thirty five years. Twenty five years. Like thirty five years. It's it's very confusing when you say this is what it is, then this doesn't matter, but this does matter, and like you you need you need like a you need a you need a flow chart. You need something. You need some sort of guidance. Uh, to and least, there's a know. way to do it in a self-contained story. I mean, if you think back, and I have elsewhere in my brain because we did that animation show which we'll talk about later um, you know in an Elseworlds book they used to have completely different continuity but they would do a good job of explaining what the anchors were who, who, what the relationships were you know, yeah. and they just don't do that at DC Yeah. so that's my problem but let's not dwell on that let's dwell on good comics is she a teenager? I don't understand she's in college She's in college. She's a grad, probably in grad school, but she's like early twenties. Now, now I might be you know I'm a little bit out of it a little Han and Carbonite kind of thing yeah. but wasn't she in a wheelchair? <laughs> I literally can't have this conversation again. <laughs> <laughs> you were around for that, Ron. It was I know I was. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I, I kid. Manierism. Yeah. <laughs> who, right, is so- the, who is this Simone woman? <laughs> <Who's> this? <laughs> Back away. All right. <laughs> so so uh, this week also Invisible Republic 5 came out, and I find myself liking the book the more – the deeper we get into it. I, I, did, I didn't like it as much as you did, Josh, when it started. I liked it, but I didn't love it as much as you did and as much as Paul did back, back when he was hosting. Um, well, I, but, was uh, say, I like it more as I read more I've, of it. I finished it this week, and I just thought, God, every issue of this is better, which is what I had hoped for. Yep. I remember like the first one I liked, but there wasn't a ton there. The second one was a bit better. Like Every issue... Is is this might know. be my favorite one? I think. And oh, I, said, I think, I, think I said that about the last one too. I think so. That's a good right. sign. And yeah. that's the way it's been going. And now that like they're really establishing a thing, and now some of these characters have shown up in the story, both in the past and in the present. So you have Maya who shows up, you know, in the present. Uh, that's the spoiler. Um, and and then in the back, you actually have um, I, I can't think of his name, but the the you know the revolutionary Indeed. leader. No one's right, following a guy with a, that kind of facial hair. It's Jim Gordon. Of course they follow him. Uh, By the way, this is the adventures of Space Jim Gordon, as far as I understand. I <laughs> um, just want to put that out there. Uh, but no, that's exactly it. And this is, it's funny because this is the only end of the first arc. I was like, oh, it's only five issues. Um, and Gabe made some joke on Twitter about, he's like, all right, now we just have to do that six more times or so. That'll be easy. <laughs> because they really are doing something subtle. Well, it's very dense, and there's a, lo- and there's and a lot. Yeah. You yeah, could, they could go for very sparse storytelling, considering... They're basically s- 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 putting this book in around other work, but I mean, I just open up a random page and there's—I can't even count the number of word balloons on this two pages. There's a lot of yeah. stuff going but on. It, and I, I, like we've—I've used that as a criticism in the past, but I don't feel that way when I read this book. Um, I don't have that problem with it. Um, I've—I really enjoyed it. Like as you said, this is probably my favorite issue. And every time they add something to it, it gets a little better. So, uh, and I keep reading this back to back with Lazarus, and it's yeah. Well, it's a great companion yeah. piece. Yeah. Very bleak. Well, I, I thought. I mean, and this is <laughs> this issue as as this is the last issue of the arc. Um, you know, I thought a big thing. I mean, of course, you know, Gabriel's great, and him and Karina writing is excellent. But uh, I, I feel like the colors and what Jordan Boyd has done on the colors uh, is is as much of a uh, a part. Of, it's the, you know the whole package of the book. But uh, I've been impressed by the colors and how it how they're managing the time jumps. Using that subtle shift and um, just really—it's just—it's spectacular. It's so so good. Jordan, uh, I know Jordan. I've worked yeah. I've worked with Jordan, nice. and so it's awesome to see him get his due and, and come up. And, and I also know that like uh, Gabe specifically is very very particular on colors. You know, yeah. like he's he really 
he doesn't only likes a handful of the colorists that are out there. And so uh, if you get to work with him, that's that's a that's a pretty good sign. So it's really good to see. And you're yeah. seeing Jordan pop up all over the place now. So yeah, and th- so this book this book just continues to be one of the best books on the racks. And if you're not reading it, I just feel sad for you. Josh, are you to circle back around? Are you saying that the evil megalo maniacal character is is your Jim Gordon, your space Jim Gordon, or are you saying yeah. the reporter is Jim Gordon? No, no, the 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 the, the leader, the revolutionary leader, okay. Arthur something or other. I don't know how I feel about you comparing saintly Jim Gordon to a megalomaniacal. T- uh, uh, Look at him. He looks a little like him. A little. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's it's Jim Gordon with a goatee. It's not. All right, fine. Jeez. And uh, you know, well, listen. He hasn't done a Batman book, so this is what you get, and that's what I see, and I can't turn it off now. Right. So, so that's it. Are you guys reading Thor's? Well, I have a story about that, actually. I was, I was glad that you added it to the Josh, s- are you reading Thor's before we get into Ron's story? <laughs> a police procedural with multiple what? Thor's well, that, by Jason Aaron well, that, and that, Chris Browse. That, that's, the, that's the story. So, okay, so, so here's, you know, we, we often talk a lot about, you know, the, the value of the comic book stores or going digital or whatever, but, you know, sure enough, this week I'm, I'm in my local comic book store. I'm at Isotope in San Francisco, and I'm hanging out with James, the, the, the proprietor, and we're just talking about comics, and I was kind of lamenting, saying, yeah, you know, I'm looking around, you know, like I'm, I'm open to, you know, like I want to dive back in, but nothing's really grabbing me, and, and, I, and I was kind of complaining Complaining about the Battle World stories uh, books, just I, I just think that there are too many of them. Yeah, you know, like they're so far out there. And and he's just like, oh, but he's like, but you're reading Thor's, right? Because Thor's number two had just come out. And I was like, no, I'm not reading Thor's. I'm just reading the X Men ones or whatever. And he just looked at me and he's like, Ron. He's like, police procedural, multiple Thor's, Jason Aaron, Chris Sprouse. <laughs> and I and like literally, that's exactly what he said. And I went. Oh Jesus Christ! Give me that. So, <laughs> so I bought the first two issues, and 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 sure enough, like oh my God, this is amazing. Like, this is. <laughs> well, I had a similar discussion around the sh- the show right before you came back when Paul Hook coasted, and he he brought he put Thor's number one on the rundown, and I thought, okay, another Battle World book, and he to- he basically said the same thing on the show, and I said, yeah. all right, well, fine. And I read back I read both issues this week, and. Uh, old Old King Thor as their gruff lieutenant, and Ultimate Thor, Thor as the. Thor. It's Old King oh, Thor. Oh, right. Okay, not Odin. Sorry. No, no. Old King Thor from the... You know what? There's a lot of Thors. Yeah. A lot of Thors. <laughs> and the Frog Thor is the medical examiner and Beta Ray Bill and Ultimate Thor are partners, and they're all investigating a bunch of Jane Foster murders across all the different... I don't even care that doesn't make any sense. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter because nope. uh, Jason Aaron has got the police procedural story writing down. Yeah. And uh, this is wonderful. It's 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 uh, it's it's amazing, and it's like and it's I mean, it's just fascinating that it's just like they're all Thors. <laughs> it's just like there's so many Thors. And the, like, and the title really, is not misleading. And the Dick Cop is the is strange. That's the real quote unquote real Thor. Yeah, the unworthy Thor. Yeah, he's the Dick. Is, isn't he anti mutant? Anti mutite. Yeah, I mean. I, it, I, I've lost track about some of the details. I mean, I, well, I, I, we're I, talking about how bad mutants are. He's standing next to Th- Storm Thor, mm-hmm. Stormborn, and she's like, you know, I'm standing right here. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, I, I've had so much fun. Like, there was that one shot of all the Thors coming down on the Hulks, and I was like trying to spot the different Thors. I'm like, oh, there's that Thor. There's that Thor. You know, like it, like it's it's doing a great job of incorporating all the Thors that we've ever known. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, it's just it's great. I mean, this is it's just great. I mean, like the thing is that it doesn't have to be Thor. Like it's it, like as you said, Jason's got Jason Aaron's got the police procedural down, and it's just a murder case that happens to be Thor's. It's just <laughs> it's top ten, but yeah. with just Thor. Yeah, just everyone's a Thor. You're a Thor. I'm yeah. a Thor. Everywhere Thor, Thor. <laughs> so, and Loki's the uh, down and out. Um, informant on the street is probably also the murderer. Yeah, well, yeah, that's at the end of this issue. He's he's the first suspect, but I think that's too easy. But if you watch any cop show, you know it's never the first suspect. Yeah, it's never the first. No, of suspect. course not. Yeah, and it's and not. It's, lo- he's the most obvious, so that he's the. It's red always hair. the guest star you recognize. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a Law and Order. It's a, usually a Broadway actor. <laughs> a guy who did a lot of movies in the seventies. Anyway. Guy who was on Oz. <laughs> so, um, Southern Bastards number ten. Yes. Um, just realizing Jason Aaron has a lot of content in this section. <laughs> this is the this is the Jason Aaron segment, um, but also Aaron. Jason Latour. I mean, I just I, I mean I just want to talk about Southern Bastards number ten because it, it is I, I I mean it's what they're doing with this book is I I believe to be so special and so well done, you know, and just with every issue it just get adds more layers and gets a little deeper and sucks you in a little more and uh, with this particularly with this issue. You know, I'm just I'm just completely all in into the world, and I and when an issue comes out, I'm like I'm like, oh, when's the next one? Yeah. Wasn't the last issue the focus on the sheriff? Uh, yeah. Yes. I thought we were going to get more of that. This is this is the uh, focus well, issue on Esau, the, this um, is the really really terrifying right hand man to the to boss coach, coach boss. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, this homecoming arc is going to go around and focus. This is called part two, so it's probably like just zipping around to some of the. Uh, lesser characters, not lesser, but you know what I mean. Some of the more minor characters that we've met through here, uh, and going around and focusing on all, which is which is a technique that was uh, tried and true in Scalped, yes. which which I can remind longtime readers was was you know, it was my favorite series pretty much the whole time it was running. Once I started reading it, um, the and this time. is yeah, this is uh, you know, this is there's a lot he, he learned a lot from that that he's applying here, and I have no problem with that. What, what do you think is more? To- more terrifying Esau in general or the shot of Coach Boss with his legs spread open and we're basically at his crotch level (laughs) well I mean you talked about Jason Latour and I I think that I mean he's a guy who is is really showing us something here and I think that's a good example of it and he's like I'm gonna put you and and just just, right at ball level right but think about what that room in that area right there specifically smells like I mean like it's yeah And, and, right and, and that's and that's a big part of the Southern Bastards phenomenon. If you ask me, is that is that we know like Jason Aaron is proven. You know, I think he's proven his ability to sure. be an amazing writer. And but Jason Latour has always been somebody who were like, yeah, this guy looks like he could really do some good stuff. And this is turning out to be this is going to be his magnum opus. This is going to be the book that defines his artistic career, I think. And, and he, and it, it doesn't look like anything else on there. He puts, so, I know, I know from talking to him, he puts so much painstaking effort into that book to give you that feeling when, you know, when you look at that, you can smell the room, you know, which is amazing when you think about it in a visual medium. Right. Uh, yeah. it just, it just, I love it. It's so good. He's coloring it too. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, no, yeah. he gets some color assists from Rico, Rico Renzi, I think. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's just so it's just so good. Do we think that gun runners in Alabama wear the glow in the dark face masks like that? <laughs> now, I liked how I liked how when uh, the coach yelled at Esau and is like is is like get you know about the 
the, the defensive coordinator killing himself. And Esau's like, all right, now's my chance. And he's like trying to come up with plays. Like, <laughs> he's bad at it. Right, but he's terrible Blitzing. at it. He, he's yeah. like, I've been telling you for years, coach, give me a chance. And he's, yeah. at, the, he's at the barbecue place like, well, I guess we'll just blitz all the time. And yeah. even the waitress knows more about, <laughs> yeah. about the defensive schemes. And even the pastor does than he does. <laughs> and he's, Esau is like every like, non-Southern person's worst Southern, southern nightmare. Zubaz. It's just like. The the angry has no prospects. Yep. Young guy, young guy. Oh, he's not so young. I had a, I had a hard time figuring it out because at one point he looks like he's got a white beard. I, I thought he was a younger guy. Um, anyway, doesn't nothing matter. to lose. It doesn't care about anybody. Yep, right. Yeah. And appears to be very strong and has access to weaponry. Yep. <laughs> so uh, good, and also a very interesting uh, essay in the back by Jason Latour about the flag. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Of course. Well, they, this had the variant with the with the dog on the Confederate flag, and and very thoughtful piece from a true Southerner. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure non-Southerners cannot uh, do a book called Southern Bastards. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think you get to. I I, I couldn't do this book and put my name on the cover. Yeah. That wouldn't. <laughs> it comes from it comes from such him. a it comes from such a place of reverence and love for these two guys. You know, also, of their of their of of their Southern roots. You know, and trying to just make sense of it. Yeah, really. Because there's all this ugly stuff there, also. So yeah. that you know, that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. Well, continuing in, in this week in Jason Aaron, uh, Star Wars number seven. I was still looking at that picture of uh, Esau, and I'm scaring me. Um, <laughs> this is another one of those issues where we've taken just sort of a look at something else going on in the world, except this time it's Star Wars. So we get an idea about. The time between the end of episode three, I guess, and the beginning of episode four when Luke finds Ben Kenobi. And we spend ben some Kenobi. time. <laughs> yeah, 94. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so uh, with this, uh, uh, the art uh, by, um, oh, I forgot his name. And I have to flip Simone back. Bianchi. Yeah, Simone Bianchi, who I haven't seen for a while. And actually thought I worked really well for here. Uh, Jason Aaron sort of puts us inside Ben Kenobi's head as he gets to uh, Tatooine and, and, and watches what what Jabba is doing to the people during a drought, which on a desert planet is pretty severe. Um, what, what, what I, I liked what, it. I had what, fun with it. Yeah, what I thought was interesting about this is that, like, it, listen, I, I've read a lot of Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I, I think we, I think we've covered this before uh, yep. recently. In fact, uh, I don't recall any Obi Wan on Tatooine stories ever reading those. And well, I'm sure that's kind of obvious. And there's, sure, a, there's a novel that just came out recently, wasn't there about that? Was there? Yeah. Oh, I, I think know. it was a solo young Obi Wan story. But anyway, you're, yeah, but, other than that, yeah, of all the things we've read, we've not read that. Yeah, I thought I was like, oh, this is very, very clever, very interesting, and 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 apparently it's very windy because his his uh his his robe is always flying up above him. But uh, well, he's he's dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see us off to the side. His assistant's got a fan. Yeah, he's just always walking with a with a fan droid in front of him. <laughs> yeah, fan droid. Because <laughs> <laughs> the yelling addicts is the wrong angle. I but would. He gets to draw like a gang of uh, of Jabba's, you know, thugs, and there's the weak ways and the prune face, or and yeah, there's, and the, you know, a couple uh, of assassin for, droids. There's a forlom, right? Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. would like. I would have liked to have seen. And I understand that Obi Wan's operating in the shadows or whatever, but I would like to see a couple scenes of uh, of angry uh, Owen and Obi uh, telling Obi Wan to stay away. <laughs> Was now is this is this he mentions it? Yeah, is this Ewan McGregor Obi Wan or is this Alec Guinness Obi Wan? So, yeah. Alec Guinness, but but you know what? I never felt that that was a big. You mean visually? Uh, you mean visually? visually. Yeah, eh, it's a little Owen. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's sort of mid. 
Yeah, it works. It it actually works in that context. You're not sort of leaning one way or another. Um, what I thought was interesting from a characterization um, point is that they they paint young Luke Skywalker as a sort of brave, gutsy kid and not wormy. Right, which is, I mean, it's funny because uh, we spent I've spent so much time looking at him in the first Star Wars, just whining about everything. Yep. yep. That to sort of paint paint him as a brave warrior from the first uh, is, is an interesting choice. It's not a bad bit, one. A little, little bit of a whitewash. Let's be honest. <laughs> a little, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> a little brave, Luke. I like this better, but it, it yeah. almost it almost paints him more as young Anakin than it than. Yeah. Uh, uh, of course, we don't we don't truly know the the origins of Wormy. No, we don't. We and don't. listen, that's that's probably some deep Star Wars shit for people listening right now. <laughs> People listening at home may not know that uh, there's a. I don't even. Is it is it considered legends now? It's not canon anymore, is it? I I don't know. It was considered fact that that Luke Skywalker's Tatooine friends called him Wormy. <laughs> <laughs> that was his nickname. <laughs> um, I just love it. And it's mentioned. It's mentioned in one of these other books, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yes. Someone yeah. someone brought it up. Maybe it was in the Darth Vader book. I'm not sure. Maybe it was in this. Yeah. Um. So I okay, that is canon then. I like how Wikipedia doesn't mention it. Because Skywalker cult- cultivated a like-minded group of friends on Tatooine, amongst whom he earned the nickname Wormy. <laughs> That's not a good name. No. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and it fits very much with the Taji Station Well, I guess I'll never get out of here. <laughs> oh, Biggs is That's right. That's not this kid. <laughs> oh, Biggs is right. <laughs> Go stare at the suns. <laughs> oh, man. When is uh, Stuart Eminem joining this book? Next arc, I think. Soon. Yeah, soon-ish. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how long this story is going to go. Or was this a one-shot? Uh, I think it's just a one-shot. It's probably a one-shot, one-shot if shot, Stuart yeah. Eminem's coming on next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably a, oh, shit, we need some time because John Cassidy ran out of steam. Well, yeah, we knew that. I'd rather, I mean, honestly, I'd rather have um, Eminem than uh, what you would call it. Well, you can just leave that as a fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have Eminem than. Did you see? You saw those, pre- you saw those preview pages, right? I did see the preview yeah, pages. Yeah, they were. Oh, they're it's beautiful. Yeah, Eminem. Eminem's great. He's a great fit for that. He's a great fit for Star Wars. So it's, uh, yeah, uh, fascinating. So now I'm going to spend all weekend trying to find the origin of the Wormy nickname. <laughs> I think that's a good use of your time. Yeah, well, you know, there's got to be some fanfic. Yeah, oh, totally. Um, so <laughs> I think we're done with that. Wormy. Uh, if you would like to support more of this kind of content, and I don't know why you wouldn't, you should go to ifambo.com slash support. Uh, there you will find a link uh, to Amazon where if you go to Amazon and buy something through that link, then we get a little taste of that purchase price, which adds nothing uh, and only gives. Um, so, so there's no reason not to do that as far as we're we concerned, and that's actually super important to our operation. You can also donate directly to the show if you'd like to through an iFanboy membership, which is $3 a month or $30 a year, or you can uh, give in any uh, – uh, amount that you would like to show your support for the show to uh, to let us know that there are people out there listening who want to contribute um, and help us run things. Uh, keep us in uh, Yeti mics because uh, we break those things a lot. It turns <laughs> out they're they're not they're not made for uh, air travel. It turns out no. Uh, this is the kind of things we do though to keep the show coming every single Sunday for as long as we can remember. 
<laughs> so think about that for a minute. Um, but to everybody who has supported the show in any of those ways at any point over the years, we thank you very much. And uh, if you've been thinking about it, that's where you want to go, ifanboy.com slash support. So now before we move on, I did find a page on Angel Fire. Oh, God. About Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and it says that he was nicknamed Wormy because he worked as a farmer. That's, that's what they told him. That's all it says. And then behind his back, they have a different story. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's because you're a farmer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys. What Can is... I be like Turbo or something? <laughs> Turbo! <laughs> no, no, it's wormy. It's because you're a farmer. You're, you know, you're, you're, there's farm, there's worms. <laughs> Wormy's doing it again. <laughs> oh, God. Do they even have worms on a desert planet? Is that a thing? I don't even know. I guess they have giant worms. That's Dune, though. I don't know. I'm but, sure they do. Oh, yes, God. on Josh. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain this is the last issue of Black Widow 20. Boy, there was a there was a there was a letter at the end that said it's the end from the author of the book from Nathan Edmondson. That was my first clue. Yeah, that was a good clue. It's a good. I I think I can make it in this cop game. Uh, I don't know that I'm willing to make the call though. <laughs> Gun shy about this being the last issue of Black. Black Widow. And apparently Punisher will go on forever. Um, yeah, I think it was the last issue. Uh, I think it was a really interesting issue. Because uh, what we have here is a story of, uh, of Natalia uh, back in Cuba uh, in, the, in the Cold War days. And she uh, assassinates a lot of seemingly nice people. And then they cut to her flying along with the Avengers. And you think, oh, right. That's grim. I, I like um, it's also... It's Natasha, by the way. Um, I don't know why I said Natalia. Uh, I, I do like as a way of not dealing with Battle World. It's like, oh, the world is ending. Let's just have a flashback. I, don't I wanna, do too. I don't want to deal with that. And uh, it was a really grim way to end the series. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just, but but fitting. No, totally fitting. Within character, and it really adds a layer of depth to her. And she's constantly thinking about these things she's done and clearing the red from her ledger. But. Uh, oh, it, just, it was just a, gr- a grim way to. I mean, she just the last couple of pages is just her and that pistol with the with the suppressor. Just tell you something. Taking everybody out, even the cat. That, even the cat. Even the cat. That was pretty rough. She that it explains why she's been way into her cat this whole time. That's true. I really like the sound effect they used uh, for this the suppressor swack. That really, I've never seen that used, and it's perfect. Yeah, that, that sort of silenced pistol sound. Um, yeah, it was pretty grim, pretty blood-soaked, and pretty awful. Um, in a good way. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, it, it, for me, the story of this is still, um, I think Phil Noto just absolutely uh, showed everybody what he can do from, a, from a, a storytelling standpoint. His sort of graphic design has never been at question, but this was... And his pinups, but this is really... He's made big leaps with his storytelling. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So I'm excited to see him uh, move on to, I guess, Chewbacca. That's going to be a different tone. <laughs> <laughs> What's that going to be like? There's going to be a lot of thought balloons. That's a good question. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Is it going to be like the holiday special in comics? <laughs> I feel like it should be. <laughs> and I feel like Jerry Duggan probably has the sense of humor to pull that off. <laughs> 20 like, minutes of Wookiee roars in the living room. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, itchy, <laughs> itchy and porno. Mala. Spe- speaking, speaking of grim and bloody, Lazarus. 
18. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Speak. Oh my God, is she dead? Yeah. No, because you turn the page and he says, well, <laughs> she's an indestructible human, so probably not dead. <laughs> well, virtually impossible to kill. <laughs> virtually. So, can it be called the cliffhanger if your story is about a woman who's virtually impossible to kill? Yeah, it's a little cliffhanger. I was, I, I was shocked at the end. I was, you know, was I didn't stuck. see that. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming at all. I was really enjoying it too, and I was like, oh. What was great about it was that it happened not on a page turn. Mm-hmm. So used to that happening on a page turn, and just in the middle of a conversation, in the middle of a page, just bullet to the head. Yeah. But it read so well that I didn't see it coming ahead of time, even though it was at the end of the page. Yeah, but this this continues to be wonderful, and uh, you're right. It's a great companion piece to uh, Invisible Republic. Invisible Republic. Yep. Invisible Republic. Um, Italia. That's <laughs> right. Um, Seriously, Josh, are you still offering to kill those who don't read this book? Oh yeah, no, that's not going. I'm. They've got. They get to finish their story. It's Michael Ark and Greg Rucka. They're, they're telling a great big story. I didn't. Let's not be specific. By the uh, way, Ron, were you were you aware at Image that he was in your name threatening to murder people? I, oh yeah, no, I was aware. I, I was glad to hear it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I said I will come for you. <laughs> uh, wasn't said. there talk of putting people against the wall? I did say that also. I will come <laughs> for you, and you will be put against the wall. Well, you don't put him against the wall to admire the wall. <laughs> Listen. Anyway, this was a big a- action issue wrapped around uh, some fun stuff that was happening with the new doctor who was trying to trying to cure the Carlisle uh, father. Who was, who was poisoned in the last arc? And uh, there's just the world building that's just so expert. Just it's just wonderful. So well done. I do yeah, I do wish I do find myself wishing they would keep a map going, like on the front page, just so you can get a sense of who owns what territory, how things have changed. Well, and, and also we know that maps in general are just a good idea. Maps are always a good idea, but yeah. I feel like a world like this, in which territory is paramount. Uh, and they're talk, constantly talking about there's a war going on in some part of the world and some other person has lost part of their territory. It'd be great to have an updated map every month. Yeah. You don't have to have it on the front page. Have it in the back matter. I'm pro maps. You know, put Eric Trotman to work. <laughs> he likes to do that. He loves it. Yeah, yeah. Have him make a map. That. Once oh, you make the first one, you just have to update it. That's yeah, all. exactly. Just keep it, keep it going. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, behind, I'm behind this map. Uh, Josh, you're usually not pro map. Are you pro map in this scenario? I could see I could see a benefit in this. Whoa! How is Josh not pro map? We mentioned it last week. We how much how excited we were for a map in one of the comics, and he just gave a shrug. A verbal. Listen, I'm not I'm not saying I'm for all maps. I'm not I'm not just blanket map approval. Uh, when, map, when 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 is a map a bad thing? That's what I want to know. Hmm. See, blanket map approval. No, I can't do it. I, I could see it. I could see it maybe being in the book at the wrong place. Sort son of, of a bitch. Sort of well, no, I mean much. it's got to be. It's got to be strategically placed. It's got to be strategically placed. What if but, they're? What if they're? What if they're putting too much effort into the map and not enough? Well, see, there's yeah. a, there's an issue. They're putting too much effort into the map and not enough into the story and the characters. They're so worried about where everything is and the explanations for everything that, well, that, that yes, it loses soul. Not, you need something to back up the map. Well, no, you need a balance to the map. I mean, you need a balance to the map making. You need, you need I mean, there's, I mean, it's all things. I mean, there's, 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 there's the story, there's the art, there's the colors, there's the lettering, there's the map. You know, map. It's all, it all works together. Hands down, the nerdiest episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> ever. That's what this is. <laughs> Who's against the map? You? <laughs> so... Up the map. Anyway, so uh, Daredevil number seventeen. Um, as I finished this issue, I was like, you know, it's good that this is the way Insomni Daredevil's wrapping up because this is getting yeah. long in the tooth. 
I, I'm gonna when I look back on this run, I'm gonna yeah. forget they ever moved to San Francisco. But as I mean, a, as a denizen of San Francisco, Ron, I have a question for you. Yes, is it feasible and or comfortable in that climate to be constantly wearing three layers of clothing? Oh, and, and it's encouraged actually. Even yeah, in no, the I can summertime. Yeah, and, and, it's, it's listen, a weird climate. Connor, let me tell you about summer. All right, <laughs> earlier this week, earlier this week, it it, it hit like 85, and mm-hmm. then the next day it was like 83. And then, uh, and then it was over. <laughs> so yes, it's feasible because we get summer maybe six days of the year, and right. and all all the rest of the time you need you need to walk around with that hoodie. You need to carry they're, that with you wherever you go. They're also yeah. they're doing amazing thing with breathable breathable fabrics. Yes, days. yeah, they really did. They really have. Yeah. So so in this issue, we see that in addition to the red three piece suit that Matt's been wearing with the red shirt underneath, he's also wearing the Daredevil costume underneath all well, of that. But so now was he wearing a face mask? Right. That seemed to pop up. That had also, to happen in panel six. <laughs> also, if he's having like a bathroom emergency, like he has a bad burrito, right? Then, <laughs> Which you know, in the mission, can happen. Right. So. Yeah. That's a that, that's fraught with danger. I'm saying yeah, all those that, that costume change happened very oddly. It, well, may, wait though, maybe he just put it on before that meeting. May, yeah, maybe. Well, because I'll tell you something. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what ruins the lines of a suit: a utility belt <laughs> and a thing strapped on your leg. That is easily going to ruin the lines of any suit. And if you look at him in the previous. Images as he's jumping around in the suit. Yeah, there's no, there's no Billy Club strapped to that leg. There's no indication. Yeah, he's got a vest. Well, it's yeah. kind of like how Captain America used to have the shield strapped to his back under his clothes. Yeah, and yet you never seem to see the shield. But yeah. uh, it's boy, that'd, bit... be, that'd be hot on a Brooklyn summer day. Tell you what. <laughs> just that metal, just a reflection, <laughs> huge metal plate <laughs> under your back. But um, ah, that's not breathable. Maybe but, vibranium is breathable. I don't. know. But yeah, I, I'm I'm tired of the shroud. I just feel like it's been going on forever. So, I have not. That been seems to be a thing in Daredevil that happens. Yeah, yeah, long in the tooth. Like you're like, this is great, and then you're like, okay, let's, yeah, let's move along. I li- I like it. I like it. I do move along. I think that it's just running on a little long. I really do enjoy some of the chances that they've been taking, and and you know, sure, no, it's been great. I'm not I'm not detracting from how great it's been. It's been legendary, but uh, it, we're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's move on. All right. Literally. Literally. Let's just... <laughs> so Rasputin number seven. Um, can I just say as I flip through my books, I still haven't opened Sex Criminals. I feel like I shouldn't. It's like this long leftover uh, yeah. instinct of comic book reader. I was like, I don't know. I should leave that in the bag. And I just didn't open it. Oh, all right. Well, no. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, Rasputin number seven. Um, so what started out as a sort of story about what maybe was actually, not actually, but what could have been going on with uh, uh, Gregory Rasputin has turned into this thing where he seems to be involved in many of in, in many or some of the world's conspiracies. Uh, as we get to present day, we find a reporter that has figured out who he is, and the reason that she did that is because she has a still frame of unseen uh, Zapruder film. Oh, no. Where he <laughs> uh, is apparently resurrecting Kennedy. No, no. Jackie O. No. Why? Why is that unacceptable? <laughs> Everything else is okay. Because <laughs> that's like the go-to thing. Yeah. A little too but that's easy. Also, 
But that's also uh, Gresham's thing. I mean, listen, is, I, I fell off this a couple issues ago. I just this I, is no different than uh, than what he did with Proof, which was to take all of the different cryptozoological cryptozoological things and, and sort of and, put them all in a shared universe. Or is this you're taking things that you know real world conspiracy things and 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 sticking Rasputin in in all of them or some of them, which you know as a theme that works for me. All right, good for you. Was there a map in it? <laughs> no. Well, then what the what are we talking about it? I don't need a map. They go to Dallas. I know where that is. <laughs> Maybe not everybody knows where Dallas is. Also, in this, uh, Zapruder uh, knew Rasputin because they were, they were both immigrants in the same neighborhood. <laughs> I feel like there should be more Zapruder fanfic. <laughs> There's yeah. not any. I mean, you gotta I know, give... Do we know about the man Zapruder? You know? <laughs> yes, he felt very horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love me some Zapruder. All right. So those are the books we're going to talk about this week. Go to fmy.com. Find a post for this like show. Down. I didn't even write the book. Okay. Whatever. You enjoy it. You enjoy it. That's all I care about, Josh. At the end of the day, just a little bit of happiness for you on a Wednesday. That's fine. I liked it. I liked it a lot. That's why I put it on the list. So go to fanboy.com. You'll find a post for this show. That's where you can talk about these books, other books you read this week, whatever is in, on your mind this week in comics on ifanboy.com. And uh, I think this week in comics is a different show. Yes. Well, um, <laughs> let's do some email. The first email. The first email is from Parth from Mississauga, Ontario, Canada, who says, I just finished a course at my university called The Superhero. The readings in the course consisted of All-Star Superman, Batman the Dark Knight Returns, the first volume of Kamala Khan's Miss Marvel, Promethea Book One, X-Men God Loves, Man Kills, the film Birdman was also going to be viewed, but time ran out. I was wondering if you guys were lucky enough to have comics in your university classes, <laughs> and if so, which ones? Well, oh, Parth, I th- we're so I think, old. I think we were lucky enough, but not because our professors included them, rather because we shoved them down our <laughs> professors' throats. <laughs> you did that? <laughs> yes, we did. Well, Mad Love. I did that. I I did a whole thing on Mad Love, the Batman, the Batman the Animated Series episode and comic, Mad Love. Mm -hmm. You were in that class, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember everything. The thing about, that's like like when you and Ron became friends. No, no, no. That was before, we were already friends. The Simpsons. Simpsons That was was senior year. We became friends junior year. All right. Mm -hmm. I still have the email. So, um... (laughs) Parth needs to understand that we are much older than him. Yes. <laughs> and there wasn't even a healthy trade program when we were in college. No. I think well, I think Watch was Mouse was still Mouse was taught in college back then. In colleges, not in our college. Not in our college, yeah. yeah. But I mean they didn't even really collect comics back into very you know, that was a rare rarity one back then. Right? Yeah. I mean there there were there were trades and volumes and things, but they were sort of just there wasn't everything basically. Yeah. But, I mean, but I, I, I don't know that that was it as much as just I didn't take any classes where that was a thing. I took a bunch of English classes. I took sci-fi classes. I did, and it was never. Well, it wasn't in the zeitgeist. It's in the superheroes are in the zeitgeist now, so it makes sense there would be college classes on it. it was, you know, in 1996, this wasn't a thing. Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't a thing to be studied. Yeah. No, agreed. Yeah. We're, we were, we're a bi- Tell you something. Personally, from my point of view, I'm glad. Yeah. yeah, because we all you know we're, we're self-taught about a thing because of this thing that we did, and 
I think that worked out better. I wouldn't have enjoyed a college class on, on comics. I would have got annoyed at everybody. Yeah, yeah I was just <laughs> thinking the same point. thing. <laughs> well, now here's a question: Do you think when this all, when this whole empire of of, of riches comes crashing down, <laughs> um, do you think you could find a home in academia? Could you teach a class, Connor or Josh? Yeah, I know, Josh. I knew you were going to say that. Totally. Yeah. Connor. I decided. It I decided depends on what aspect, though, because there's a different thing you're talking about. Like, there's the class on the superhero. There's a class on comic books. There's a class on on craft, craft on on sequential storytelling. Those are all separate yeah. things. And we I would should, teach all of them. We should start an online university, like Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. That's our next game. <laughs> hey, kids, would you like your tuition money to be nearly completely wasted? <laughs> you can earn a degree in comic books. So we, we, but we did, as Ron mentioned, there was a class at the very end of our tenure, the, uh, the Children, Youth, and Mass Culture class, in which we talked, we did a, I did a paper on, we did, we, we, we watched the Mad Love uh, episode in class of the animated series, and then talked about that, and I believe one of the papers we wrote in that class, Josh, was uh, about Mad Love or comics or something. Pretty sure, yeah. I don't remember that at all. I have a strong strong memory of that. It's vaguely familiar. I know I did a paper on Dawson's Creek. That was in that class. It was in that class. I did did one on Party of Five. Yeah. Um... I, I remember I, did, I remember the mad love thing because that that was that that was in the class because that the the teacher of that class was my advisor and I Azarella. yeah yeah and, and so yeah but I remember that so I remember that distinctly but I also remember writing way more papers about Star Wars than comics yeah every chance I got every chance I got, I took music and mass media no music what was that music class with Rothbart oh the one at night at I mean, night yeah one day oh. a week. Yeah, music uh, yeah. in the media, whatever, and uh, we had to write media. a paper. Music in the media. We had to write. A, I wrote a paper about light motifs. <laughs> mm. Well, Ron, one of the first projects we did together freshman year in the TV project yes, class yes. was you produced the Star Wars talk show, and I was the yes. host. Yes, you're like, can you talk about Star Wars? <laughs> like like well, five minutes. I was like, can I talk about Star Wars for five minutes? And that's how Ron and I met. <laughs> Jackpot. Just so happens I was assigned to be your talent, and I was able yeah. to talk about stories. Remember that so bag I, of I, the, the bag of bro- books I brought in as props? I still have that tape somewhere. Like, why did I like? Okay, so we're packing for college, <laughs> and I decide to pack three boxes of Star Wars books. <laughs> like, it's not like I bought them while we were at college. I brought them with me to college. Right. That doesn't sound that weird to me. Like, yeah. if you had said to me, "Why did I pack?" Five years worth of EW back issues. That would have been like I would have understood it, but it would have been stupid. <laughs> but at least the Star Wars books, like I'm like, oh, I can see why you might need those. Yeah. So all right, good time. I was I didn't learn how to operate in anything in college because I was constantly asked to be talent for oh, things. I remember there was one class, and let's just fuck comics for a second. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was one class where I think it was the 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 junior year TV class, the the advanced one, where uh, you had to pick your own crew for every production, and I literally. Didn't operate any equipment for the entire project because right. I was willing to do anything. I played Martin Luther King, um, and I think I, at the, move at, on at the end. No, but at the end, the teacher was like, uh, "Connor has to do something." <laughs> he's all he's doing is doing these. He's I was an infomercial host. I died in one scene. I was a guy in in the box uh, having having been accused of shooting the subway truck. Remember that thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Wow. 
Good times. Memories. All right, next email. Chris from Chicago. So, so upon looking at this shipping list this week, I saw four Transformers books being released, and this got me thinking. I thought about this for a while, a few hours of pondering later, and some discussion and research. I have no answer. So after a few hours of more pondering, I decided uh, to ask you guys. Are Transformers, Star Wars, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, Doctor Who, Dexter, Mad Max, True Blood, etc. used as an entrance for non-comic readers into comics, or has that idea been abandoned to admit that they are for current readers that are also interested in those properties? I'd like to hear your thoughts on licensed comics, not only to, question, not only to the question, but if you guys read them and what are your thoughts? <sighs> this is well, you clearly read Star Wars. We talked about that. Clearly read yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, okay, so I mean, I mean, we read some, but I think generally we all have been burned enough times that they're usually not great. Yeah. So, it. it, it, it I think we've all we've all made a jump. You got you know you guys read. Uh, MacGyver and 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 yeah. liked it or, yeah, yeah. or yeah, you know well, like so every once in a while there'll be something or there was remember the remember the IDW crossover that was like the Ghostbusters and the Transformers yeah. so horribly like, disappointing yeah I yeah, know I get that but like so every once in a while we'll dive in but remember there was a Shield comic at one point like, like twenty four comic yeah yeah and they're almost always bad yeah well, um, the thing is in the eighties they were used to get quote unquote non comic readers into comics I mean everyone I know. Growing up, got in the comics through G.I. Joe, the G.I. Joe comic. Yep, me too. But that, I don't think happens. Wasn't that just a sort of ancillary marketing effort to sell more toys, really? Right, but that's how they got into reading other comics, was they watched the G.I. Joe cartoon, and then we, it was the G.I. Joe comic, and then we went and got that. And then that yeah, yeah but they were actually selling G.I. Joe comics at that point, so there was like a viable revenue stream. Yeah, totally, yeah. But, right, but, but the point yeah, is still, that's how people started reading comics when I was a kid, and, and at least in my circle. Was yeah, exactly. I was interested in G.I. Joe. I watched the cartoon and then saw, and saw the comic. Like, oh, cool. Then I learned a lot about Vietnam. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot more than I realized. <laughs> got, shit, shit got real in third grade all of a sudden. <laughs> <It was> just... <laughs> but um, no, I think... I'm I in think, the shit. Yeah, I, I think I think right now I think that uh, the people making these comics are making them with the intent to draw people who are interested into the properties into comics. But the reality is is that the people reading them are people who are just reading comics that are interested in the in the, um, in the properties. Yeah, that's my professional opinion. Um, well, you guys at Image didn't do very many. You just didn't. Make no, that. no, there was there was a blanket, you know, not doing any of them. Trust me, if I could tell you some of the properties that that came our way that we turned down, um, because it was the kind of thing is that nobody nobody remembers good licensed comics really, you know, recently. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, and the thing is, is that it's it's. You know, people like things, and so they're gonna want to read things that they like, and and it makes sense. I mean, it's it's not terribly. I, I don't find licensed comics terribly rewarding because I feel like they're a little a little um, uh, masturbatory. You know what's really funny? What Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is on this list, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a comic. That's, yes, that's very funny. That is not a light. Yeah, that is that is a comic. That, <laughs> yeah, that that's a very good point. That's true. Um, but start, I think the comics of in these of this ilk that do well are the ones that have a long history of being good comics. So like Star Wars, you know, for years and years and years was a comic out of Marvel in the in the eighties, and GI Joe, for years and years and years was a comic out of Marvel in the eighties, and they were good. And so those are the ones that tend to be. I mean, the GI Joe ones we dip in and out of, and we, we read them for probably five six years, Josh, of those those IDW GI Joe books in one form or yeah. another, and they were they were various levels of good. And because I think there's a history of that, there's a tradition of that. I can't speak to the other ones, but I don't. I don't imagine Dexter is a very good comic. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I, well, I, I mean, that's the thing about IDW, basically, is that they, they mostly just said, well, we're going to do this. That's why I don't read any of their books anymore. Yeah, and it doesn't, just... it, that doesn't interest me. Yeah. I guess I mean, if there's a thing where you can't get enough of whatever that thing is, and obviously there are lots of those people out there, you know, and, and like people seem to really, <laughs> this is, that's one of our stock answers, people seem to really like that, which is a way of saying, that probably sucks. But people <laughs> seem to really like Transformers comics. Yeah. Right. You know. But that also has a long history. In the 80s, the, right. they were a companion book to G.I. Joe, and I would buy them when they crossed over and suddenly Star, uh, Spider-Man was fighting. And uh, so like over the past, you know, however many years, every once in a while I'll try one of them because I hear really good things about it. But at the end of the day, I don't care about the property so and usually the craft isn't so great that i can't you know yeah. get past it i think i think that if i had no interest in gi joe even those great gi joe cobra issues i wouldn't have really liked right because it's the association with the pro- property yeah. i mean it's, it's interesting because this this topic comes up a lot actually in in a in an, an ancillary hobby of mine uh, for those who follow me or whatever might know that i like to play pinball and, what? Uh, yeah, I know. Shocking. How many episodes did it take for me to, me- to mention it now? But, um, <laughs> I haven't mentioned it yet. Yeah, no, exactly. No, but it's actually really funny because there's a long history of license, at least in, in the it, – it, it, it took a trend in the 80s and 90s of – and now the 2000s, but um, – licensed pinball machines where you know like there's a you know like there's a a lethal weapon three pinball machine or a baywatch pinball machine and all this sort they're of stuff. like uh, they're like a slot machines in that well, yeah yeah and 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 like the people making the pinball machines are taking the approach that this will get people to play pinball because people will be like oh hey i like metallica i'll play a metallica themed pinball machine which is true to a certain extent but then what's funny is that the the people deep in the hobby often like roll their eyes like they they recently came out with a wrestlemania themed one and people are like oh whatever wrestling who can you know and it's this whole it's literally the same argument it's literally the same conversation that we're having here which i find very kind of funny what? and what's funny is that that sometimes some of the bet like there's a pinball machine from the 90s uh, based on the movie congo <laughs> and you would think to you would think to dismiss it cuz it's congo but it's actually a fun machine, and I have a blast playing it. So um, there is there is an ironic appeal to like I'm playing the Romancing the Stone pinball machine. Sure. Listen, don't don't you be denigrating Romancing the Stone. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just picking a random thing from a long time ago that if I was like in a bar and I looked over and I saw like like yeah the Romancing the Stone pinball machine, I'd be like, that's weird that that exists, and I would like to give it a quarter. Yeah. And it and it works. Well, it wouldn't. Yeah. It would be fifty or seventy five cents. This is not the point. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, just, I, I find it funny. Pinball Dantic. The licensed quandary <laughs> is not something that's unique to comics, and it's something that but, that a lot of people wrestle with because for some reason people see a license and they immediately devalue it, I think. At least in the, in the comics yeah, but underground. Also in comics, yeah. they are trying to tell a story. Yeah. I mean, you're not uh, – I don't want to come down on pinball, but – you're not you're not telling well, a story. You're not even like that. That was out of character. That pinball. True. This is yeah, a no, framework yeah. for a game. Yeah. 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 But yeah. But the game's got to be compelling to be interesting or not. You know. Sure. Yeah, but so. usually the the property doesn't so much matter. That there are ways that I'm sure it does. I've I've played the Star Wars ones that yeah. like were heavily integrated with Star Wars and that made it more fun. But yeah. yeah. Congo not as much. Yeah. All right. Good All job, right. guys. Interesting. Uh, Email us at contact.fanboy.com or call your voice my line at 888-FANBOYS-3262-697 if you want to get in on the show. Those are some great discussion topics. We thank uh, Chris and Parth for, the, for sending those in. And now we've got some plugs and things to announce. First, we, uh, if you look back in the feed behind this show, you'll find the Justice League Gods and Monsters uh, show that the Animated Brain Trust uh, recorded. And this is the latest DC Universe animated uh, original movie, which is the return of Bruce Timm to an Elseworlds story about the Justice League. And it was fantastic. Uh, so you can look for that behind the show or find that on fatboy.com. And next week, 
I believe it's next week. Uh, Ron, you'll have a Fantastic Four podcast for everybody, won't you? I don't know about everybody. Uh, I don't know. At this point, I don't know if I'm even going to go see it. It's gotten <laughs> such bad reviews. Oh, has it? <laughs> I thought they were embargoed until release. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they are embargoed until the day of release. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a rough one. I, gotta, I actually got to see if anyone's around who's going to do the show. Thing, we, I, have, we have the most fun with the rough ones. Yeah, they are true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, I, it should be fun. So we'll see. <laughs> so that's coming up maybe next week keep your eye out uh, for our, our social media channels and ifanboyitself.com uh, itself you'll find uh, if there is a show on Fantastic Four yeah. I'll, be at a t- I'll, be, I'll be away so it's up to Ron it's all up to you Ron it's all up to me all up to me because I can't stop podcasting and in fact uh, you go check out if you like uh, mobile phones and uh, particularly Android phones go check out my other show all about Android over on the Twit Network at twit.tv slash AAA um, it's video and audio so you can you can hear and see all you want. There you go. Has there been any more chip sightings since uh, since last time? No, 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 no. Larry Wilcox, no Larry. Wilcox. We got a whole bunch of new phones though. I mean, Motorola got a bunch of new phones. Interesting. So I think you should start pitching increasingly specific shows about. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I, <laughs> I've got that covered. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you, you may have noticed this is episode four hundred ninety-six, which means we're barreling towards episode five hundred. And that is a big number. Uh, we'll, we'll deal with the existential crisis of that when we get to it. But we're actually not going to do anything for episode 500 because that happens to be the week my sister is getting married. <laughs> and all three of us are going to be at the wedding. And we're not really going to be able to do the big sort of live show we normally do. Sometimes life gets in the way. And that's an important thing about you know, getting in the way. So we're going to do a big old celebratory extravaganza the next week for episode 501. And on that show, I'll tell you why that's appropriate. Uh, and uh, we'll find that. So we'll do a live all media. Stormtroopers? Well, um, well, no, but I'll tell you that. The show. It'll be a fun little revelation for everybody. So um, this is what I found when I dived deep into the, da- the data the other day. Um, so episode 501 will be a live all media episode. We'll record it and we will stream it live uh, as we do on Google Hangout and YouTube. And so if you want to get your email on that show, send an email to contact at ifanboy.com, label it episode 501 or 501, just mark it for that episode. And we'll compile them all. And we'll just uh, go nuts. Ron hasn't done one of these in a while. I have not. I'm so excited. Fun. Oh, you should really look forward to the part where we spent 45 minutes at the beginning trying to figure out why it's not working. Well, uh, hopefully. Uh, uh, well, if we, can fig- if we figured out the last couple without Ron, then we're okay. Yeah. That's not, that's not. I have been. I've, I've been. I've been. It was funny because over the years, as as I was often in La La Land, and you guys were still doing this, every now and then I would be aware that this stuff was going on, and I would be sitting there with my phone. And when it didn't <laughs> ring, I was like, okay, good. <laughs> I, tra- I, tra- I trained them well. So, <laughs> so uh, look forward to that in a couple of weeks. It looks like in five weeks we'll have that show. And so get your emails in uh, there. We'll talk about we'll, – we'll take questions on virtually anything. We're not saying we'll answer them all. In fact, we don't normally get to answer them all. But we'll take questions on virtually anything uh, for that episode. Well, there we go. Uh, so get over to ifanboy.com in the meantime. You can comment on this episode. You can talk about what you thought about this week's book. You can ask, why all the hate? For whatever, you have to say it like 80s Keanu. That's how that works. Um, you can find other podcasts that we have done in the past, both video and audio. You can also follow us at facebook.com slash ifanboy and at ifanboy on Twitter. Um, we are also on at Jay Flanagan, at CS Kilpatrick, and at RonXO on Twitter ourselves. Yes. And if you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and write a review about it, or better yet, uh, tell your friends and compatriots and family about us. Uh, tell someone that you've never talked to about the show about it. Just be like, hey, I listen to this thing. You should check it out. Um, you are our biggest marketing arm, and we appreciate it. So thank you for getting the word out. 
So that's it for this week's show. Uh, always a blast. I well, love I, love yeah. you. I love you guys. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Got uncomfortable for everybody listening. <laughs> it's okay. He said that before we know. <laughs> right, until next week, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I'm, I almost was yawning there. I'm Josh. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything about what you said, Ron. We're going to really work hard to keep his interest up these days. It's, I had to turn the air conditioning off in this room. <laughs> I'm basically slowly putting myself to sleep. <laughs>